Ridiculous. Welcome to Ridiculous, an extensive look into the world of Harry Potter. I'm Samantha. And I'm Robin, and we're digging deeper into a world we love to learn more about the wizarding world. Good morning. We're back um, for our still last our episode of Spell. Yes, yeah, still in our quarantine. Still in our quarantine. But I have to go out every day. I have to go to work. I I hate you. Sorry. <laughs> which is funny because there is a small grocery store down the street from me, which is owned by Lowe's Foods. It's called Just Save. And I, I was in there, I guess, Monday. And they have things on the floor for you to stand. Yep. And uh, there was a guy behind me, and he was really close to me and coughing. And I was like, really? Ooh. Really? Come on. Corona. I mean, come on, dude. I don't care if it's allergies. I don't care what it is. Don't be coughing on me. What is your problem? That's rude. And like, people just, they're not taking it seriously. It's just, uh, it's, a, it's a conspiracy and blah, blah, no. blah, blah. I'm like, dude, regardless of whether it's a conspiracy, you need to respect other people's that the other people that do believe that it's real, right? Not not get there near them. Well, and and not even that. Like even the people that are like, yeah, we know it's real, and then choose to not like be responsible about it. Like my grandparents are both like my grandpa has asthma, COPD. Like the list of things that he has and reasons why people should not be around him right now are astronomically long. But a friend of my family's who works at Walmart decided she was going to stop by and visit my aunt and my grandparents the other day. And I was <gasps> home with my grandparents and I nearly lost my freaking mind. I'm like, do you realize that not only is this illegal, but this is, it could be something that could potentially kill you. Like you yes, very dangerous. can't do that. It's my just, God. It, it drives That's me crazy. Like, well, my dad, I think I said that I had sent him a, um, thing in the mail and, yeah. he, and well, he called me and he was like well I could have come and gotten it I was like what do you not get It's it wasn't about getting it to you Um, it was it wasn't about us seeing each other it, or it was about us seeing each other and me getting it to you without me seeing you I work with the public right and the public don't listen exactly. I have four signs four four signs on my front door that say Please come into the building and stand on the red carpet and do not move until an associate comes to help you. And they walk right off that red carpet right up to the counter. Yeah, because people like I don't know if it's like a mark of our education system in this company or company in this country, or if people just really don't give a damn. Sorry. I don't think they I don't think they care. And I'm like, please stand on the red carpet. And I have one guy go, Oh, I didn't know the rules. Well, I watched you stand at the door and read the sign. Mm-hmm. I watched you do it. So either one, you can't read, or two, you don't understand English, but you'd look English to me. Right. You look American. I mean, I'm not trying to sound prejudiced, but he didn't, he wasn't Hispanic. You look like somebody who knows English. He looked like he should be able to read English. I mean, anyway. That's crazy. Moving on. Moving on. Yep. Moving on. There is good news. There are people who are recovering. There are people yes. who are getting over this. There are drugs that are being developed. There are vaccines that are being developed. So there is good news. Good news. Maybe we can get me out of quarantine by June 12th. That is oh my God. ideal. 
uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, you know, they're cutting my hours at work, which I, I think is on one hand is a good thing because I now get Saturdays off. Yay! Yay! And then on the other hand, people are a lot of my customers are going to be upset because it can't come on Saturdays. Right. But I got to do what my boss tells me. I don't. I don't. I can't. I'm not. You know. Well, anyway, and, and I think what what people have to realize is like decisions like this to cut back hours for employees, like customers, employees, everybody needs to realize it's like this isn't decisions that owners are making lightly. I mean, right. Randall's job went out and took out a loan so that they could pay their people. I mean, these are not easy decisions for for people to make right now. Right. So it's just a and tough- it's, it's it's just a wait and see type of situation yeah. so yeah, and that's exactly it i mean i am one of these people i this is my raven claw side coming out i am constantly i want to see the numbers i want to see the change i want to see are we going up going down are we staying the same robin we are consistently going up in our numbers people yeah. need to stay home stay Girl. home Lowe's Home Improvement and Walmart are always packed. We went to Walmart yesterday because we needed some essentials. And let me tell you, I mean, it, it, it looked like a normal normal day in Walmart, except to like they have the uh, the only the only entrance open is the grocery entrance, and you have to like walk through this big old like line of cones and caution tape. And there are people like standing at the door counting the number of people's coming in and out of the store. So I really think that in the next week, the Walmart over here by me is going to start implementing limits of people, like how many can be in the store and things how like that. How many can come in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just based on uh, the number of, because um, just based on the, the clickers and all of that. So. Right. Well, um, I do the Walmart pickup. And I I found the trick on how to get my groceries in so that I could pick them up the next day. Okay. And so I don't even have to go into Walmart. I just put him and they pick my groceries for me. And then the little guy comes to the car and I go, I got my email. The substitutions are fine. You sign my name. Mm-hmm. I don't even get him near me. Yeah, I don't want to. And then I don't. Thing. And I don't even get out of the car. I used to get out of the car and help load, mm-hmm. but I don't even do that anymore because I don't want to put him in danger, and I don't want to, subst- you know, give him anything that I might be carrying. Right. So I've been doing that, and then Lowe's Foods. I go there early in the morning, or I go to Just Save, mm-hmm. which is near my work and I go early in the morning when there are not a lot of people there. Yeah. So I'm trying to limit and then I I've been I had to go to Walgreens to get some medication and they've got tape on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I told the little and the just save just put in uh, uh plexiglass. Yep. For their cashiers. So I went to the the Walgreens and I laid my stuff on the counter and I stepped back and she kind of chuckled and went you're going to have to come up here to pay anyway. So you standing back there is not doing any good because you eventually have to come up here and you're going to have to pay. And I was like, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't want to, if I can stand back here while you're doing your job and then come up and pay and then step back, it's, then at least it's something. It's limiting exposure is what it is. Exactly. Like you don't have said, to be well, on top pre- of people 24 seven. Exactly. And she goes, well, I appreciate that. And then she was like, you know, you kind of have to look at this and you kind of have to laugh a little bit. If you, if we've got no humor during this thing, then it's going to bring all of us down. Well, then a pizza delivery girl came in 
And she goes, I'll call for who I'll call. Hold on just a second. So she was like, so-and-so your, your food's here. So the girl comes up They are They were right on top of each other. Give it exchange of money. And I went, Oh, six feet, people six feet. And the girl behind the counter went, yeah, you're, you're, that's totally not social distancing. And they turned and looked at us and went, Oh my God, we're so sorry. And we were like, we're just, we it's over. We was just kidding. Calm down, guys. Calm down. We like kind of got offended that they thought that they were offending us, and we were like, "No, no, we was joking." Yeah, it's, it's okay. You gotta have a little bit of levity. Well, and that's like the thing I sent you last night, where I messaged you like, "This guy wins quarantine." Oh yes, oh, my God. yeah, that guy. Guy, well, it was awesome. This yeah. guy went through and took Disney songs, and he turned them into quarantine parodies. I will post he it in our- And he sings really well. He's he got did, a good yeah. voice. So he sounded really good. He yeah. nailed Elsa. Like the the way he the way he did Let It Go. I'm like yes. perfection. Yeah. And then the way he did um um uh, The Little Mermaid. Was that part of your world? I can't remember which song he used. Yeah, well, no, it was, yeah, part, yeah, part, part of your of world. world. And, he, yeah. and he was like, I got TP, I got toilet paper. I got paper. TP, toilet paper, I'm like, yes. <laughs> Not that I have toilet paper, but, you know. Well, I went into just, I've been going into Just Save every morning before work to get toilet paper. And, of course, they are out of it. Yep. You know what? So, Friday morning. Go ahead. Uh, so Friday morning I go in and they had it. They had that a couple on the top shelf that were the small rolls, like the four pack of small rolls. And then on the bottom shelf, they had two six pack double rolls. And I was like, oh my God. So I grabbed both of them and I walked up to the counter and I said, listen, I, and it says on there, it says limit one per person. And I said, listen, that one is for work and one is for my house. I said, can you please let me get both of these? I'll pay separately. I know you said limit per one. I was like, but I'm running out in both places. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, that's if you're getting them for two different places. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let you do that this one time. But the next time you come in here, it's one apiece. And I said, that's, yeah. that's fine. That's not a problem. So they were gracious and allowed me to get one for work and one for home. That's awesome. And we, uh, so, you know, the other thing that that there's an extreme shortage of, and and you wouldn't, nobody would, I mean, you wouldn't know this unless you're like a sewer like I am, like you want to be sewing and doing stuff. Uh, Elastic. Elastic is something right now. I meant to say, I meant to say, I saw this, I saw uh, somebody who is a sewer, one of my friends, and I meant to, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I need to tell you, I have been meaning to tell you this. Bungee cords. If you break open a bungee cord, it's full of elastic. Oh, okay. Well, so I actually, I found some elastic yesterday. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. So Walmart had gotten their elastic in and uh, I was able to pick some up and it was, of course, one per person. And Randall was with me and I was like, okay, blah, blah, blah. We just went on. And then we get in the car and we're like halfway home and I was like, why didn't I have you grab a bag of a bundle of elastic? Like right, two, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but it's okay. I mean, I'm not like they didn't have the quarter inch size that I need for my dresses because that's really all I've been yeah. doing. Um, however, well, let me just throw this out there. If anybody needs masks, I will make them for you and give them to. you. Oh, girl, my my neighbor across the street's um, a respiratory therapist. Uh, does she need one or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will get. Uh, Do you- uh, and you know what? I would. Li- I I'm using um, I'm using a buff 
I have several buffs that I use for running in the yeah. winter. So we're using those. They're so hot because yeah. they're so big. If you could make me a mask, oh, girl. I can make you a mask, but I'm not going to promise you that it won't be any cooler. Yeah, but if it's just on – see, this buff goes all the way around my neck. Okay, no. This okay, is no. – So, so, these so the back of my neck gets hot. Yep. And I'm like, I can't breathe because it, and it's not because it's on my face. It's because it's on the back of my neck. And it's just hot, yep. And so, yeah, it's just hot. Oh, yeah. If you can make me a couple of yeah. those and I give a couple to my um, neighbor, yes, ma'am, please. I can do that, yeah. I, I have some oh, Harry cool. Potter fabric for you. <gasps> yep. <gasps> That's the sound of excitement. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, I want some Harry Potter shit. Are you kidding? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to cuss. It is Robin. I get excited. Family sorry, I know it's here. family friendly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So, yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. So, um, I have some Harry Potter Fantastic Beast news, kinda. Yay! It's not really news. It's just like an enlightenment kind of thing happened so netflix has started putting older movies on i guess i guess the new stuff people have gone through so much uh -huh. that they've started to put older movies on and so and i haven't seen onward yet amy is working today oh it's so cute i was gonna watch it and then rewatch it with her but she asked me to wait yeah. she is working they had a problem with one of the things you know and they got behind on the hand sanitizer so they're trying to get that back up and running so that they can get caught up on the hand sanitizer so she's working today because i was like oh yeah we can watch onward um for breakfast on sunday and then i'll do my podcast and she goes i have to work <laughs> so i'm having to wait for onward so i'll i'll be able to watch it next weekend but anyway so it's been watched twice in our house already Rand it really? yeah so randall and i watched it and hey like we Haley was asleep and then the other day i was up here sewing and i was like is he watching Onward again? And Haley were watching Onward. So. Oh my gosh, so that must be really good if he's watching it again. Yeah, that's what I said. It's, it's a really cute movie. Oh, good. Okay. So, yeah, because Amy is really excited. She was like, I want to see that as soon as it comes out. Yeah. I noticed that they were putting it out on Friday. So, I took a, the picture I sent to you. Mm -hmm. I sent it to her. She was all excited. Oh, I freaked out. I was like, I need to watch this now. I think we watched it so, Friday night. So, one of the, one of, not one of my favorite actors, but an actor that I very, very much enjoy watching is Tom Cruise. Do I like him as a human being? I do not. However, <laughs> as an actor, I think he's very good. I enjoy his movies. I don't. <laughs> well, I just, I, as a human being, him and I would not get along, and that's fine. That's, I, it's, you know, if you're an actor, your you're non-actor side is probably usually totally different from your actor yeah. side. So either way, it doesn't matter. But one of the movies that I truly enjoy is Minor Minority Report. Mm -hmm. And so it popped up back up on Netflix. And I went, oh, so I went through and I saw it was like uh, older movies coming back on. So I went through and I started adding them to my list. So I watched that. So I'm sitting there and have you ever seen Minority Report? No. Okay, so I'll just give you a premise. So it's the year 2052. Um, Tom Cruise works for this company called Pre-Crime, and they have these three uh, people who can see the future. They're called precognitives, mm -hmm. and they can tell when somebody's going to commit murder, mm -hmm. and they flash it 
the um, there's images that they flash to the screen, and then the pre-crime police officers see the uh, murder, and then they have a certain amount of time, and then they go arrest the people uh, before they commit the murder. Hmm. Uh, to clean up Washington, D.C., it was a small test case for Washington, D.C. that they're trying to make national. So what the girl, there's three of these uh, precognitives, uh, two twins and a girl. Well, the girl, she's the most talented of the bunch. Her name is Agatha. Well, as it turns out, uh, she helps Tom Cruise prevent him committing murder. Uh, that's the basis of it. Hmm. So he get, gets a hold of her, and they're going through the city, and people are chasing them. And I'm looking at her going, God, I know her from somewhere. But see, now her head is shaved because she has to be in water all, constantly for this thing to work. Hmm. And I'm like, who is this chick? I totally know her from somewhere. Well, I went, I told you. Last week or the week before, IMDb. Mm-hmm. So go into IMDb. Her name is Samantha Morton. Do you know who Samantha Morton is? Should I know who Samantha Morton is? You should know exactly who Samantha Morton is. I have no idea. I'm gonna I will it. give you a hint. I will get. No, don't Google it. Why? Oh, you're cheating. I, I cheat I'm going to give. I'm going to give you a hint. All right, go ahead. She's a first Salemer. Is she the mom? She is Mary Lou Barebone. Huh. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? And Colin Farrell is in both movies. He's actually in Fantastic Beasts. And he's he's in uh, in, uh, Minority Report. So anyway. Excuse me while I So then I was going back and forth, you know, looking at the, you know, what she looked like in Fantastic Beasts and what she looked like, you know, in Minority Report. And it'll blow your mind if you put the two pictures together because you're like, oh. Anyway, that was my... Harry Potter, Fantastic Beast news. That's awesome. I love it. I thought that was interesting. I like it when that kind of stuff kind kind of kind of kind of comes together. If I can yeah. get my mouth to work properly. Crossovers, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you have any news or anything you want to talk about? Uh, are, you wanna, are we ready to go? My child says, "Mama and Dada." Now. <gasps> I woke up this morning to her going, "Mama, Dada, Mama, Dada." Like, oh, good girl! Uh, it was cute. But, yeah, good girl. But yeah, that's that's my news. So sweet, awesome. Okay, well then, let's finish up. Finish up spells part four. We went four episodes. This has been a very long series. <laughs> Very, very long series. We hope you uh we hope you're still hanging in there with us. You didn't fall off and get tired of us talking about these spells, but And next week, because this will go out today, so this will be today's episode, and then next week we have a very special episode. Not only is it a special episode, we have a big huge announcement for next week. We do. So excited. All right, do you want to start? We're on N. Sorry. And if y'all, I don't know if y'all can hear that or not. I can hear it. My dog is barking. Uh, you might not be able to hear it. I can hear him. And if you heard a thump on my end, I just whacked my elbow to the wall. So. Oh, I heard you 
Al, but I yeah. didn't hear. I thought the, the bang was pretty loud, but I guess not. I don't know. All right, let's jump into this, Robin. So, the first spell on today's list is Nox. It puts out light, like the wand light. Um, so, Nox is Latin for night, and the word... Nyx is closely related to Nox. It is a name for the Greek goddess of night, a feared shadowy figure who was known as a powerful force and even intimidated the mighty Zeus. So that's something if you can intimidate Zeus. Yeah, no kidding. Um, the wand extinguishing charm was invented by the same witch who invented the wand lighting charm, who is Lavina Monk Stanley. She invented the wand lighting charm in the 18th century and invented the wand extinguishing charm around that time, too. Otherwise, her wand would have remained lighted indefinitely. I was just sitting here thinking, but like, Alohomora. I know that's unlocked. Uh, Lumos. And then you're like, my wand just has a glowing to the light on the end. How do I shut this thing off? <laughs> so. Uh, known casters, uh, Harry and Hermione is all that's listed, but um, known practitioners, Harry, Hermione, Flitwick, and Snape, which it seems like these are probably just the ones that um, was like known to have used it in the book. So, so. yeah. And that's it. Okay. Um, I have one nebulous, it's a charm. It creates fog from the tip of the wand. Do you know where we saw that from? Creates fog from the tip of the wand? Uh Uh-huh. No. Albus Dumbledore used it to conjure fog in London to provide concealment for his meeting with Newt's commander. Oh! Oh! Yeah! Yeah! See, and uh, that's why I want those to be a book, because, like, I feel like... If we had read that, we would have remembered it instead of because I mean we see the fog, but like we don't see Dumbledore use the spell. No, I think we do. Do we? I think so. Yeah. All right, I'll have to work off the movies. Okay, now we're in O. Ready? Okay, Obliviate, which is used to erase memories. This spell, used to erase memories of the victim, has its root in the medieval Latin for obliviscure, which means I forget. Um, so we, I think probably the most famous oblivious moment or obliviate moment is when they're in the chamber and Gilderoy Lockhart tries to use it on Harry. Was it Harry who tried to lose it on first? Yes, I yeah. think so. Um, and then it backfires and it caused him to lose his memory. So. And that's pretty much all I have on that. Okay, I have something on it. Okay. Uh, memory charms are confirmed on J.K. Rowling's website to have been developed by which name? Manimo? No, Namone Radford, who became the ministry's first obliviator. The Ministry of Magic employs employees 
assigned to modify the memories of muggles are called obliviators. The charm can be broken by powerful magic or extreme duress. As Lo Lord Voldemort was able to torture Bertha Jorkins into remembering details that Barty Crouch Sr. had forced her to forget using the charm. In this case, it was also shown that if the charm is too powerful, it can cause the target to develop a bad memory. The spell differs from the false memory charm. <laughs> and then I have Oculus Repero. Mm -hmm. It mends eyeglasses and it is used by Hermione at the very beginning of the train ride where she fixes Harry's glasses and then she also fixes them in the next year in the Chamber of Secrets. She fixes those glasses a lot. Yeah. I feel like uh, she fixes them more than Harry breaks them. Yeah. And then, hold on a second. Okay. Matt! Shut up! Robin, you gotta cut that out. Oh, is it really loud? Very loud. I put my hand over the microphone. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. I'll cut it out. I'll cut it out. Okay, so then you have also Obscuro. Um, it blindfolds the target, and it's used by Hermione in 1997 to obscure the portrait of Phineas Nigellus of his view of their location. Uh, this spell might, might only affect characters in paintings. There are no other references to this spell. Yep. All right, ready? All right, uh, P. The permanent... I don't have to pee. That's the letter we're on. <laughs> I can't talk to you anymore. This podcast is over. <laughs> Good Lord, Robin. All right. So the permanent sticking charm, which causes objects to permanently stay in place. So uh, Sirius suspected that his mother's painting was fixed to the wall in Grimald Place with such a charm. And then a few days later, Fred and George offered to use it to stick Ron's prefect badge to his forehead. Um, in '96, it was applied that the portrait in the Muggle Minister, the Muggle Prime Minister's office, had a permanent sticking charm on it. Uh, Harry discovered that it was used by Sirius Black to permanently affix all of his Muggle and Gryffindor-themed pictures and posters to the wall in his room to prevent his parents from moving them after he ran away. Um, that's about it. Okay. Um, I have Paperous Repero. It means torn pieces of paper. Oh, I need that. It it, and yeah, right. It, it's a spell used by Newt uh, in 27 to restore a torn postcard from uh, Tina Goldstein addressed to Queenie. Yep. That's how the spell is out. a variation of her peril. Sorry. Yeah. That's how we figured out how to go to Paris. Right. Yep. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Petrificus totalis. It's the full body bind curse. It temporarily binds the victim's entire body, thus immobilizing him or her. So the full body mind curse uh, says 
This is uh, tips on casting from a, a handbook. It says, essential tip number one. Whilst the body freezing spell will work on inanimate objects, it tends to prove less satisfying than when you use on a moving object. Wouldn't you think that would be obvious? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes people have to state the obvious. I guess so. I don't know. All right, so we have Newt using it um, on Mr. Bingley, the bank manager, um, after he thought that Jacob and Newt were going to rob the vault. Sirius used it. Um, Sirius used it on Snape. Uh, so a lot of this is gameplay. So Hermione used it on Neville and on Anton Dolohov. Neville used it on an unnamed Death Eater. Draco used it on Harry. Here we go, because Harry uses it a lot. All right. So Harry used it on Jugson in the Department of the Ma- in the Battle of the Department of Mysteries. He used it on Dolohov. Man, Dolohov, like they use this on Dolohov a lot. Um, he used it on the Inferi in the Cave of Dumbledore. He used it on Yaxley and Gurdak. Uh, Dumbledore used it on Harry in the uh, Astronomy Tower. Uh, Pavardi Patil used it on Anton Dolohov during the Battle of Hogwarts. And Tom Riddle used it on Neville. Ron tried to use it on Crab, but couldn't do it. Um, Alright, so etymology. The root of this curse's incantation seems to be the Latin word Petra, rock, and Fiscus, making or doing something, and totus, whole or entire. Also, petrificus seems to come from the word petrify, meaning to turn into stone or describe a manner in which someone takes on the characteristics of a stone. Totalis likely likely comes from total, meaning complete or wholly. Following this, the spell likely means entirely petrify. Robin, I I love etymology. (laughs) It's weird, but I do. Okay, is that it? Yep. Yep. Okay, so I have uh, partis temporis. It creates a temporary gap in the target. It's used by Dumbledore in the Crystal Cave in the film adaptation of the Half-Blood Prince. He uses it so that he and Harry can pass through the Ring of Fire used to ward off the Inferi. The etymology is partis is a plural form of the French verb partir, which means to separate, to go away, to leave or depart. Temporis is Latin for time. You ready? Ready? Yep. All right. So the next one on the list is, is it a portus? Yeah, portus. So it turns objects into port keys. So so there's not a whole lot known on this, or a lot of, I mean, we know quite a bit about it, but um, not a whole lot. 
what am I trying to say? Like not a extensive amount of information on it. No, there we go. Yeah. Um, so immediately after casting, the target will glow bright blue as the port key does when it is ready. But after a few seconds, it will return to its normal color. So portis comes from the Latin word porter, which means to carry. So Robin, if you were to turn any object into a port key, what would it be? That's a good question. I would turn one of my dog's old chewing bones because it's Ooh. nasty and nobody would want to touch it. Okay. I like that. You know, where they've chewed it up and it's dead and you get you have to throw it away because I would do that. I've actually got to do that at work, actually, because I bought them new bones because <laughs> they tore up the old bones. But I would do that. I would do one of their bones. I like it. That they've, that they've chewed up. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would do... What would you do? So... Alright, I have, I have like, I don't know, what would I do? Maybe like a box of tissues. Because nobody would be like, I don't think it would be. Of used tissues or new tissues? Um, maybe both. No, I don't know. Right now, right now it would be used tissues because we don't want to spread the Rona. Exactly. Maybe, I don't know, maybe one of Haley's passies. But we can never find your passies, so. <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe it's a port key. Yeah, maybe they're port keys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's my life. Oh, that's, well. that's too funny. Yep. <laughs> okay. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's all we had on it. Okay. Um, periculum. It produces a burst of red sparks, and it's used in the third task of the Triwizard Tournament by Harry. Uh, the etymology is uh, per periculum is Latin for danger. It was commonly believed that per, periculum was the incantation for red sparks mentioned in the book series. However, Harry Potter, Hogwarts Mystery, clarified that Vermulus, ver, vermulus is correct. Is the correct incantation for red sparks? I don't know what the Hogwarts mystery is, so I don't really care. Uh, it's the phone game. Oh, okay. All right. All right, so now we have the reverse spell, which is Priori Incantatum. So what this spell does, it creates an echo of previously performed spells. Um, or the reverse spell effect. Do we see this used in um, Goblet of Fire and the Cemetery when Harry is battling Voldemort um, and the uh, all of the ghosts come and surround him and, and help him? Um, so Amos Diggory cast the spell on Harry's wand, uh, after the Quidditch World Cup, uh, to determine whether he conjured the Dark Mark, which we know he didn't, but it was his, his wand. Um, let's see, that's really all there is on that. Um, I thought there was some etymology on it, but I guess I'm crazy right now. Let me look. 
Okay. Uh, priori is a Latin phrase, me, which means from the earlier. Incantatum is derived from the Latin incantar, meaning to sing or recite. So, interesting. Okay. All right. <clears throat> okay, so this is where uh, we were trying to come up with this when McGonagall used it, and um, it's my understanding that when you said, oh, that's what McGonagall used, that um, Jules, our biggest fan, was yelling at her computer or her iPhone or whatever she was listening to this on. I mean, Jules Probably, yell a lot, so. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's Pier, Pier Totem Locomotor. Yes. It brings animated Anim- it bring brings animates in animate targets. Does that make sense? I think so. Brings animates in animate targets. Yeah, so it, it makes animate okay. objects inanimate. Right. Yeah. So it's used in the Battle of Hogwarts. <laughs> Professor McGonagall used this spell to animate the suits of armor, armor and statues within Hogwarts to defend the castle. Possibly used by Albus Dumbledore to enchant the statues on the fountain in the entrance to the Ministry of Magic Department. And I believe she says, I've always wanted to use yeah, that spell. Because she's standing next to Molly Weasley. And this is like yes. one of my favorite parts of this movie. And she's like, I've always wanted to use that spell. And Molly's like, <laughs> what? You're crazy. Yeah. yeah. She's like, okay. Uh, the etymology peer means friend or colleague. Totem refers to the whole or total. Locomotor means the movement of. So every time I hear that, I'm like, choo choo. <laughs> I can't help myself, so I'm sorry, guys. I had some waffles for breakfast, and the syrup is just now kicking in. So, bear with me. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? It's just kicking in. I ate breakfast at like eleven o'clock. So. Well, I don't understand, but you said it's just kicking in. I'm on a sugar high. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's bad. Well, not it's not bad, but just go. Okay. All right, so I gotta scroll my doc back up. All right, Protego, which is the shield charm. It rebounds minor to moderate hexes, jinxes, and spells upon their caster. So when cast, it usually it's usually an invisible shield that's conjured from the front of the caster's wand, protect creating a protective barrier between themselves and their attacker. Uh, the shield can block and reflect a multitude of spells, um, see, as well as block physical forces. Exceptionally powerful shield charms are even able to knock people off of their feet. However, the shield isn't completely impenetrable as it cannot block unforgivable curses. Um, uh, there's quite a there's quite a long history on this spell as well. Um, it's unknown who the original creator of the spell was, but it was used by the 15th. It was used in the 15th century. So, I mean, it's at least that old. Uh, the most famous use of the charm took place in 1488 in the town of Poppletown, where the tyrannical Earl of Paunchley held a jousting match. He insisted that all notable. No, oh, wow, Samantha. Whew, hold up. Let me take a drink and regroup. 
Okay. He insisted that all nobles from miles around must come to cheer him on at the tournament, and no excuses would be acceptable for missing the event. But young Edmund Gattlegate fell out of a tree that day and broke his leg, and his mother put him to bed. The earl wouldn't hear of anyone staying home, so he dragged Edmund and his mother to the castle and said the mother had to watch while her child was tied to a horse and forced to compete in the jousting. The other knights left the tournament in disgust at the idea of jousting with a small injured boy, so the earl vowed that that he himself would attack Edmund. But a witch in the crowd named Hannah Cockleford had other ideas. If fed up with the evil earl, she cast an extremely strong shield charm between Edmund and the earl, who was squashed flat in his armor when the shield charm knocked, knocked him backwards and his horse landed on him. The Earl of Ponchley did not die, but when he came to, was under the impression that he was a donkey named Harry Cyril. <laughs> I thought you were going to laugh at that. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, Lord. That's probably, like, one of my favorite side stories ever. Like, I that's awesome. That. Um, I'm trying to get to the etymology, but again, there's a lot of practitioners and casters of this spell, so... Sorry, that was my mother. What was that? That was my phone, and then me shushing my phone. <laughs> All right, so it's uh, Latin, protego, I cover, or I protect. I think that is my new favorite spell, just because of the story behind it. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I liked it. All right, go for it. All right. So, Reducio. It's a shrinking charm. I have to tell you, I followed this woman on um, Instagram mm-hmm. through. Um, she's a uh, through Potterhead Running Club, mm-hmm. and her name on Instagram is Reducio Cor- Corpius. <laughs> reduce my corpus. Reduce my corpus. Reduce my. Because is it? I love it. Is it corpse like Latin for body or something like that? So yeah. So uh, it's reducio corpus. Yeah, reducio corpus. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, that's one of the best Harry Potter Instagram names ever. I would agree. Reducio corpus. Yes, so, and she's a runner. Okay, so reducio makes an object shrink in size. It's the counter charm to the engorgement charm. It is seen in Deathly Hallows Part 1. Uh, Harry um, Harry Potter, after checking his Blackthorn wand on the on the Bluebell Flames with Engorgio, cast the spell to shorten the formerly enlarged flames. Okay. Etymology, English reduce to shrink. Latin has a verb reducir. Present tense reducio. This is the source of the English reduce, but has a different meaning. Also in Italian, ridicio, ridicio probably is how it's pronounced. First person prince. Present tense of redir. Same root of Latin, reducir. Whether reducio could also be used by itself rather than counter countering engorgio is unknown. If it could, it would shrink normal size items into miniature versions of themselves. Referenced in 92 by author Wiz- Weasley to the shrinking door keys, making that seem likely. 
my dogs are barking at nothing. There's always something to bark at. God, there's nothing. There's nothing out there. I live on a private road. There's nothing out there. They're just barking at leaves, I guess. I mean, maybe you have a neighbor who's outside that you can't see. Well, it could be Karen across the street. Dang it, Karen! I don't know. I know, right? <laughs> All right, ready? Yep. All right. Renovate. It revives the victim of a sun of a stunning spell. Uh, so Amos Degree will winky up with it. Dumbledore used it to revive Barty Crouch Jr. Uh, Dumbledore also used it to revive Victor Crumb. Uh, after uh, yeah, never mind. Harry used it to revive Dumbledore after he drank the potion in the cave. So etymology in uh, old fr- okay, so in like old French for the. From, oh my gosh, this one is hard to read. Okay, so in, which is in. Um, all right, we're going to skip the etymology on that one because that's just not. It's, <laughs> it's too hard to read. Like the way that they have it parsed, like I don't, I'm not understanding what they. Um, they're wanting but anyway uh this says that this spell has officially been named uh renamed by jkr um from its original name which is innervate so yeah that's that okay relaxio it's a jinx forces the target to release its grip on whatever it is holding. It's used by Harry against the Grindy Lows in the second task of the Triwizard Tournament. It's also used in 97 and 98 when Hermione used the spell to free Mrs. Catamold from the chain chair and to free the Ukraine Iron Belly on which they were to get out from Gringotts. Probably from the French verb... Oh, this is the etymology. I probably should say that. <laughs> probably from the French verb relasher, to release, to set free, or Italian relasio, pronounced the same way as the spell I release. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So this one, similar to... Oh, no, this is uh, relasio. Yeah, because you just did re- no, uh, renovate. Renovate. Oh, just you did. did I just did relax it. Uh, I did relaxio. Okay, yeah, I was right. Renovate. Yeah. Yeah, you're on renovate. You're correct. Yeah. No. no. Yes, that's where you're at. Renovate. I know, but we have two. We have renovate on here twice with two different meanings, though. Oh, that's probably my fault. Just take it off. No, because hold on, let me let me look. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it's on there twice. That's the thing. yeah, so it should be Reparo. Yeah. Okay, okay, I was that's that was my confusion. I was like, I don't. Oh, you're on Reparo. Yeah. Okay, you're on Reparo. Okay, <laughs> okay, all right, we're good now. All right, so Reparo, <laughs> which is used to repair broken objects. So the charm was invented by Orabella Nutley, an employee of the Improper Use of Magic Office in the British Ministry of Magic, in or before 1754. She used the charm to repair the Colosseum after it had been accidentally destroyed thereafter. It became famous. 
This instance was recorded in the Book of Spells by Miranda Goshawk. Um, so we have, it's pretty cool, actually. Um, I, I want to learn into, I want to see if we can find more about this Orabella Nutley because I want to, I want to like figure out why she needed to repair the Coliseum. But anyway, um, there's a lot of practitioners of this one as well. A lot of unsuccessful casters. Um, there's two variations which Robin already discussed, which is uh, the first one is the Oculus Repair, and then they have another one which is Fire Repair, which can be used to restore cards to paper, which you cover both. So um, the etymology is in the Latin Repairo, meaning to renew or repair, and uh, yeah. Okay. Repello Muggleton. It keeps muggles away from wizarding places by causing them to remember important meetings they missed and to cause the muggles in question to forget what, what they were doing. It is mentioned in Quidditch through the ages as being used to keep muggles away from the Quidditch World Cup. Hogwarts also was also said to be guarded by the muggle repelling charm. It was also used by Harry and Hermione on numerous occasions among many other spells to protect and hide their camp in 1997. Wasn't it uh, used at St. Mungo's as well? Mm, it could probably, probably say probably. Yeah. yeah. I thought I read something about that. It was. So. You ready? Yep. All right. So we are on to Revelio. A revealing spell uh, is first used in Fantastic Beast to reveal graves as Grindelwald. So, known uses, like we just said, uh, re- uh, revealing graves to be Grindelwald. Uh,. Newt also used it uh, to find Tina, the Zawu, the big lion-like thingy. Uh, yes. Yep. The kitty. The kitty, yeah. The kitty. Um, yeah, that's it. There's there's not much. Um, we know that. So, okay, so this is behind the scenes. In a chat with fans on the org, JK answered a fan's question why Albus Dumbledore was sometimes able to see Harry under the cloak of invisibility that he used the Revelio charm with nonverbal magic. So. Oh, okay. Tricky. Okay, rict- Rictum Sempra. It's a charm. And it tickles the target until they become weak with laughter. It is seen by uh, it is used by Harry Potter on Draco Malfoy in 1992 when they fought in the dueling club. Uh, the etymolo- etymology, possibly the sum of two words, the Latin rictus, meaning the expanse of an open mouth, and semper, all, meaning always. Rictus is generally used as an expression of terror. However, always an open mouth would, in most cases, correspond to the act of laughing uncontrollably. That just, it just... And you get, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to make a comment about the next spell. Oh, so the 
that spell, like the the tickling spell, it gives me anxiety because yes. I hate to be tickled. Hate it. Like, well, kind of. Well, you know, tickling, you know, it makes you laugh because it's it it just has that effect on people. Right. But if you continually do it, it starts to hurt. Yeah. It's the worst. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's not fun. No. I I hate being tickled. Like Randall will tickle me and I like I will fall off the bed before I let him tickle me. Like <laughs> kicking, I I pinched him one night. I pulled his beard. I'm like, "You are not tickling me." I hate it. All right. So we are on to Okay, so that one was Alright, what were you going to say about this one? I was like, you get to do our namesake. Welcome to Ridiculous! Yeah, ridiculous. That should be our new, our new intro, me screaming that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, Ridiculous is a spell used when fighting Bogarts. Uh, it causes the Bogart to transform into something the caster finds humorous. Um... So, laughter is really the only thing that will defeat the Boggart. Um, Lupin taught the third years this spell. And it was thanks to uh, his teaching that Harry was able to defeat the Boggart in the Triwizard Maze. Let's see. Etymology. Yeah, I like when he goes... I like when he goes... Uh, oh, it's a Dementor, and he uses his uh, Expecto Patronum, uh-huh. and then the and then the and then the uh, Dementor goes back and it trips, and he goes, "Wait a minute, yeah. uh, Dementor doesn't," and he knew exactly what it was. Yep. It was a Bogart. Yeah, I haven't read Bogart in a long time. I need to read it again. Um, all right, so ridiculous is an adapt an adaptation of ridiculous a. Uh, as well as ridiculum, which is Latin for joke, and ridere, which is Latin to laugh. Um, I was, was going to say something about this word, but I can't. I don't remember what it was. Go ahead. I, I assume people can hear my dogs barking. Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those things that people have to understand. Like, we can't be together, so, like, it, the, you just got to be patient with it. Yeah. All right. Where are we at? Did we finish that? Yeah. So we're on. Uh. Well, I. Yeah. Ridiculous. Whatever's after ridiculous. Okay. So we're going into the S's. Yes. Uh. Let me, hold on. Okay. Scourgeify. Scourgeify. It cleans object. Huh. Uh, first used by Nymphador Tox to clean Hedwig's cage in 95. Later, Jenny Weasley performed the spell to clean up the sink stap on the Hogwarts Express. Also used by James Potter on Severus Snape after he shouted various curses and obscenities at him. The etymology is perhaps related to the English scour, which means clean, and fi is a common English suffix meaning to make. Therefore, scourgeify could mean to make clean. I need someone to scourgeify my house. Oh, girl. <laughs> that's one of the... Um, that's, 
That's what I'm excited. Like I, everything's just been sitting because I haven't had time. And when I come home on Saturdays and then Sundays, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to have a Saturday off. I've been working Saturdays for almost two to three years. No, thank you. I'm, I'm sick of it. That's yeah. I'm glad I have a job where I don't have to work Saturdays, but it also means I'm not working now. So I don't know. Okay, so we are on Sectum Sempra, right? Yes. All right. So it's a spell that causes deep gashes on the victim's body. Ah. Stupid website. Okay, so we, the Half-Blood Prince uh, wrote it with the intention of using it against his enemies, likely including the Marauders, because we know that Snape is the one who invented this spell. Yeah. Um, he recorded it in his Newt Level Potions, N-E-W-T Level Potions textbook and used it enough to allow Remus Lupin to recognize it as one of his signature spells. Um, there's quite a few, there's quite a bit on this spell. Uh, this is a rather dangerous curse. When the, in- when the incantation is uttered, its effect is the equivalent of an invisible sword. It is used to slash the victim from a distance and results in deep wounds. This is one you could use now because, I mean, social distancing, but you could still, you know, <laughs> cut someone if you needed to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. You don't need to. I, I can't say that's family friendly. I know. I, I was I know exactly what you were gonna say and I had to filter myself also. <laughs> so All right. I can do that from a distance. I'll, I'll text it to you later because I just I have to say it. Like when we stop recording this, I'll say it because I, I need to say it. Okay. All right. So okay. sectum right. simpra derives from two Latin words, sectum. A participle of the verb seco, which is to cut, and semper, which means always or ever. So I'm going to circle back to that. Uh, since, since English has many words meaning to cut or lacerate, and since spells spell names lend themselves to both infinitive and garun verb forms to cut and cutting. If I said that word wrong, please tell me. Garund, garund, I'm not quite sure what it is. I've never heard of it. Um, sectum sempra can be translated in more than one way. So cut always or ever cutting, always sever, ever severing, and so forth. Sever for sectum may be regarded as a particularly appealing translation in that sever creates a pun on Snape's first name, Severus. So we say it all the time in this podcast, Joe does nothing on purpose. So as this last sentence just said, sever, severus, you know, they go hand in hand. As for the other thing, um, semper meaning always or ever. So that right there, I mean, she, this spell, she tailor made this spell to Snape. Just, yeah. Okay. So, all right. That's that. She never does anything. Nothing is ever a coincidence right. or a, a happy, a happy accident. You know, lucky accident. It's, it's. I don't care. It's all done purposely. It is. Yep. I agree. Okay. Yep. 
All right, Serpent Sorcia. It's a snake summoning spell. Go back to uh, hell conjures where a serpent from. from the caster's want. Do what? Sorry, I said it could go back to hell where it came from. Uh, it conjures a serpent from the caster's hand. It's used by Malfoy when dueling Harry in 92. Latin serpens meaning a snake, and Latin ortis meaning source. Ugh. That's what that. No, <laughs> Alright, so Silencio, which I walked around saying this forever and ever and ever, and I couldn't figure out. I was like, why am I walking around saying this? I just dropped my phone. Crap. It's Spanish, and my oh. Spanish teacher used to walk into our classroom going, Silencio, por favor. Silencio, por favor. Yeah. So, my Spanish teacher ruined that one for me. So, it would be, it'd be kind of fate that I would end up getting this one. All right. So, this, we have no idea who created it. Um, and like I said, it's Spanish. Spanish for silence. That's it. Oh, and Latin. Spanish and Latin. Oh, is that That's it? it? Yeah, there wasn't much on it. Okay. Sonorous. It's a charm, and it makes the target sound louder. The counter charm is the quieting charm, quietest. It is used by Ludo Bagman at the beginning of the Quidditch World Cup, and it's also used by Albus Dumbledore several times in the Triwizard Championship. It's used by Lord Voldemort several times during the Battle of Hogwarts. And it is stupidly used by Cornelius Fudge in the stupid movie where they did it wrong. <laughs> okay, Robin, tell um, me how you really feel. Well, it makes me mad because they completely cut out Lud- 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 Ludo Bagman. Completely yeah. cut him out. It's just, I don't like it. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah. I don't like it. Okay, so the etymology, Latin sonorous, is loud or noisy? My child. Loud and noisy. (laughs) And noisy. All right. Uh, Stupefy. It's used to stun a victim. So in 1782, Flavius Belby attempted to use a stunning spell against an attacking lethifold, but only succeeded in blasting a hole through his bedroom door. Uh, 1927, Lita Lestrange used a stunning spell on the Madagot security guard. Oh, okay, this is the French Ministry of Magic. Uh, to try to do it, but instead multiplied herself. Multi- it, blah, 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 blah. But instead, it multiplied itself and her... And, oh my god, give me her! Sorry. Regroup. Okay. In 1927, Lita Strange used a stunning spell on the maggots at Madagot's security guards in the French Ministry of Magic to try to subdue it. But instead, it multiplied itself and attacked her new and Tina. That was the hardest sentence I ever read in my life. <laughs> All right. So the stunning spell was used to instantly render a target unconscious without causing lasting damage. Um, so there's this defense against the stunning spell. It can be counteracted with the reviving spell, but will also wear over time. Um, there's a lot, I mean, a lot of known uses for this one. 
or uh, a known casters. I am still scrolling through known casters. Wow. Okay, etymology. Stupefy comes from the Latin word stupere, meaning to be stunned. Stupefy is also an English word, which means to stun or to amaze. That's that. Okay. All right, now we're on to the T's. We're getting down to the bottom of the barrel. We're at 102, by the way. Oh, my God. Uh, Okay, so taboo. It's a curse. It's a jinx which may be placed upon a word or a name so that whenever that word is spoken, a magical disturbance is created which alerts the caster of the taboo to the location of the speaker. Any protection enhancements in effect around the speaker are broken when the tabooed word is spoken aloud. It is used in Deathly Hallows. The spell is placed on the word Voldemort. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are tracked this way to Tottenham Court Road. Ron tells the others to stop using the word as he began to fear the name might be jinxed, later discovering it to be taboo. Later in the book, Harry accidentally says Voldemort's name again, resulting in the trio being caught by the Death Eaters and taken to Malfoy Manor. Okay. Ready? Yep. Tergio is used to remove matter, blood, dirt, etc. from an object. So, cleans up target a person. Uh, Hermione used the spell to siphon blood off of Harry's face, which had been left there after his nose had been broken by Draco Malfoy. Ron used the spell to siphon grease off of his handkerchief so he could lend it to Hermione, who had just burst into tears. And Harry used the spell to remove dirt off from some of the frame photographs and build a bagshot's house and i don't have any etymology that's it you got kind of lazy towards the end no i'm not i just it's the no i said they got no there was some like (laughs) information got kind of lazy towards the end towards the end of the alphabet they really did like i mean oh wait hold on so this is okay so tergio to wipe off yeah okay boo it literally just repeated itself. All right. Go ahead. All right. The unbreakable vow. It causes a vow, causes a vow taken by a witch or wizard to be inviolable. If they should break it, the consequence is death. Snape takes an unbreakable vow with Narcissa Malfoy at the beginning of the Half-Blood Prince, vowing to help Draco with the task given to him by Voldemort, and to finish the task should Draco prove incapable. Fred and George attempt force <laughs> an unbreakable vow upon Ron and his children. According to Ron, it caused death when the vow is broken, and Fred reckons his buttocks have never been the same. <laughs> Oh my After gosh. their father found them doing that. <laughs> I love George. Okay. All right. So, when guardians, Leviosa. All right. So the hover charm. It's a gong. Right? It's a long Okay. All right. The magical spell. Oh wow. Hold on one second. My page. I was looking at a. I was looking at the Wizarding World page, um, just trying to see what they had on um, information they had on it, but it sucked. So. All right. So, 
the levitation charm was invented in 1544 by warlock Charleth Hobart, who mistakenly believed that he had at last succeeded in doing what Blizzard Kind had failed so far to do and learn to fly. Can you imagine that? <laughs> uh, I wonder if you can pass Wingardium Liviosa on a person. To make them fly? Yeah. I don't know. We could do that upside down. That upside down. Yeah, the one that uh, James used on Snape. Yeah. So let's let's hear what Jarleth Hobart did. So, 16th century was when it was created. And on July 16th, Hobart invited a large crowd of wizards, among which was the chief warlock of the wizard gamut, to witness his maiden flight a public demonstration of his own revolutionary charm on himself. He climbed onto the roof of his local church after after several speeches and a rousing performance of the national anthem. He leapt, and having cast the spell, was hovering in midair. At first, he seemed to have succeeded, but after having spent nearly three minutes watching him hanging in midair, the crowd grew impatient to see him move somewhere and booed him. In response to the cat calls, Robert tried to move to move in midair and started performing vigorous swimming mo- movements, which produced no effect. Mistakenly believing that his clothes were making him heavier and impeding his movement, Hobart stripped, thus making him fall ten feet onto the ground, as it were the clothes that were holding him in the air. They had been charmed by the levitation charm, not Hobart himself. He fell completely naked on the ground, breaking 16 bones, and received a fine for outrageous silliness from the chief warlock of the Wizen Gamut in 1544. Hobart returned home humiliated, where he realized that his spell could make objects levitate for varying lengths of time, depending on the skill of the spellcaster and the weight of the object. He also concluded that small animals or even children could be levitated, but they had no control whatsoever over their movements once they were airborne. Sorry, this is kind of a long story, but it's cute. So he thus made a second announcement, and an even larger crowd gathered to see his second demonstration of the spell, hoping for another laugh at his expense. Hobart's demonstration was at first by far more successful than the first one. He showed the onlookers that he could easily levitate objects, ranging from small rocks to fallen trees. Hobart decided that for a finale, he would levitate the chief warlock's hat, which he managed to levitate. However, <laughs> was the chief ugh. however was the chief's wig exposing his bald head to the gathered crowd the chief was not amused and was determined to duel Hobart but the warlock levitated the chief's robes over his head and ran for it oh, I love it alright <clears throat> so the rest of them I, we already went over I believe Did we? well the, the majority of them let me get into the uh, etymology of this really quick. Uh, okay. So Wingardium is a composite word based on the English uh, wing, which is to fly. Uh, an artist, meaning high, tall, lofty, steep, proudly elevated. Or Ardium, meaning steep, place, the steep. Uh, and the common Latin ending, uh, Eum. Leviosa probably derives from the Latin levo, meaning to raise up, or to raise, lift up, or levis, meaning white of weight. Altogether, therefore, the incantation could be could best be read as lift up high. 
Cool. I like it. Yeah, the rest of them that we had put in there for the Fantastic Beasts, we had went over anyway. Okay, cool. So we're done. Aww. So that will be, that will be, I know, right? So that, now we need to do history of magic. We do. Our, Robin, our entire, like, I don't know, the last six weeks or so has been taken up by this, uh, by these spells and wands. No, it's been I know. Well, and I'm, because I mean, I mean, it's, it's like the whole wizarding world. I mean, you got to know spells to be in the wizarding world. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm surprised we didn't go to five episodes. We probably could have done five episodes. Yeah. I mean, had we like gone through and like taken history of every spell and all the information yeah. out there on every spell, we could have probably easily 10 episodes. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, yeah. But alas, I am ready to move on. So I am too, yeah. but we'll get into the, like the unforgivable book curses and some other stuff later. Yeah, We'll, we'll, <clears throat> we'll do that as well. Yeah. yeah. We, we, I think we both are kind of like, we, we need a little break from the spells right now. And I think you guys do. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, history of magic, Linfred of Stinchcomb creates Skelligirl and pepper up potions. So we've talked about Linford of Stinchcomb before because he is a descendant of Mr. Harry Potter. So Linford lives in a small village in Gloucestershire in the 12th century where he potters around his extensive garden and invents potions. His tonics and remedies are offered to both magical and non-magical folks, and he gains the nickname The Potterer. Two of the potions he invented are the precursors to the modern-day potions known as Skelligro and Pepper Up. That is that. All right. Social media? All right. So be sure to join our Facebook page, Ridiculous Podcast, and our Ridiculous Facebook group, Ridiculous Pod Group. No, it's Ridiculous Podcast Group. Uh, yeah. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Ridiculous Pod. You can follow me on Instagram at Samantha Goddard03. You can follow me on Instagram at Running My Pups. And also be to sh- be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. <laughs> and join us next week as we discuss J.K. Rowling. The Queen. Or Rowling, or however you want to say her name. Rowling. That's how I say Thank it. you for listening, Rolling. Yeah, that's what I say. <clears throat> okay. Thank you for listening, and we hope you come back for more Potter. We do not need magic to transform the world. We carry all the power we need inside ourselves already. J.K. Rowling. Be kind. Stay home. Wash your hands. Don't cough on people. Keep six feet away from people. Bye. Thank you.